Hello and welcome back to the Codex Prime podcast for Wednesday, July 10th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, y'all? That's right. We are on episode 170. We are coming back from a two-week hiatus. We were just chilling out, you know, taking a break, uh, letting things happen so we can get some more topics to talk about, to chew the fat on. Nice little brainstorming you know, session that we needed. That's right. Yep. Uh, Fourth of July weekend is behind us. Um, well, we got, got some catching up to do. A lot of things have happened. Uh, we've also uh, got a main topic for tonight, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, we do. Yep, which just dropped last week, which is the uh, final uh, MCU film for now, up until 2021. So, uh, with that said, um, as we're getting back into the swing of things, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, Studio. Regent headphones. Oh, you kept you kept it simple with the segue this <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> couldn't think of anything this week. <laughs> Told you, I knew it. You planned them things ahead of time. <laughs> Caught you. Well, I just played it ahead of time. I just do it on the whim. Lies. <laughs> nah, Lies. I, I do do it on a whim. I just couldn't think of anything at the moment. <laughs> sure. But yeah, man. Studio Regent Headphones. That's right. If you want some high-quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones, all you got to do is go to studio.com, use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off, and as always, free shipping in the USA. Here we go. That's right. So, yeah, man, we're just uh, we're live on Facebook, so if you're here, um, the chat is wide open, so drop us a comment or two, uh, chat, chew the fat with us as we're talking. Um, got a lot of things to talk about, so I guess I'll... Uh, uh, start things off as you're sharing the episode um, well as for me I've been up to up to quite a few things um, you know uh, this past weekend was uh, some wrestling wrestling fun the uh, the kickoff of the uh, New Japan's climax G1 climax 29 tournament which uh, took place at the American Airlines Arena in Dallas Texas the first ever G1 to open on US soil ever uh, this was pretty dope. We had some tag team matches uh, kick off the show, as well as the the uh, five matches of the A block. The first five matches of the A block. We've had Kota Ibushi versus a returning Kenta, uh, fresh from uh, his uh, rather disappointing WWE run as Hideo Itami. Um, we also had uh, Kazuchika Okada, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, versus Hiroshi Tanahashi whose body is held together by duct tape and thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had Will Ospreay versus Dallas's own Lance Archer. Um, we had Evil versus Bad Luck Fale and Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr., the current uh, Revolution Pro British heavyweight champion. Um, pretty dope, uh, a solid set of matches. Um, I really like uh, Kenta's return. Um, he's definitely... Um, he definitely he's definitely going to show us what he can really do as Kenta, um, the old the Kenta of old that is. You know his uh, his NXT slash two hundred five live run was rather disappointing, but you know it was he was just you know snake bitten as they say. Yeah, that injury like that injury set him back. Yeah, big time. Yeah, it was first it was a shoulder injury which uh, reportedly didn't heal properly, so he had to get two surgeries on that. Then when he came back, he uh, had a I think he got his neck broken or some kind of neck injury. Um, and then he went to 205 Live and he re he saw the writing on the wall and said, hey, man, I got to leave. Let me go. And Vince let him go. 
Uh, so I will not get a haircut. Just for that, I'm going to keep this haircut for as long as possible. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm, do I, have, that. I, have, I have nothing to prove. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Who? Yes. To who? Your woman. It's all right. She 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 likes no, she no, loves no. the look. You always, no, you always got to keep yourself up for your woman. She loves the look. Katie is listening. She's watching right now. She can. She will agree with me. Oh, not all women think alike, Carl. No, you always yeah. You always want you want to keep yourself up for your. I keep myself up enough, but uh, but you know, um, there was it was a pretty dope uh, set of matches. Um, Kenta, he's coming back. Um, yeah, he beat the shit out of fucking Ibushi. Man. As an Ibushi fan, I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> yeah, though, I mean, Kenta kicks hard. He's got some stiff ass kicks. And he was kicking Kota Ibushi in the head like multiple times. Yeah, he was. So um, hopefully, hopefully uh, uh, we'll see more of uh, Kenta. Maybe he'll maybe he'll climb back into maybe like the main event. Maybe he'll face uh, Okada at some point for the title. Who knows? Um, uh, like I said at uh, UWO's episode from this past Monday, my prediction for the G1 winner will be Kota Ibushi, um, only he's because not, I'm not eliminated. Uh, no, oh no, it's a round robin tournament. Oh, okay. So like um, you have a. Uh, it's 20 wrestlers, so like there's 10 wrestlers to a block. So it's 10 wrestlers in A block, 10 in B. And so they all wrestle each other once. Oh, okay. Yep. So Kota Ibushi still has a chance to win the tournament. I think it's his time because if not now, then when? Because, you know, he's the, he was a former never openweight champion, former intercontinental champion. I think that the heavyweight champion is, 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 is his. Uh, so, yeah, man, you haven't seen the other matches in the G1 yet? Nah, just, uh, j- just uh, Kenta and Kota. Okay. Yeah, I'll 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 leave you to watch the uh, rest of the matches. Um, way too much shit going. Yeah, on. <laughs> but but it it was it was it was pretty dope, and I, I'm liking what I what I'm seeing so far. And the uh, the B block of G1 is coming up this Saturday, the 13th. Uh, we've got uh, five matches from B block. Uh, we got uh, Hiroki Hiroki Goto versus the Switchblade Jay White, Juice Robinson versus Shingo Takagi. Tetsuya Naito versus Toru Yano, aka the Wrestling Genius. I call him the Wrestling Genius. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, the Stone Pitbull versus Jeff Cobb, and John Moxley versus Tai Chi. That's gonna be dope. Oh, no. It's such good shit. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, that's 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 what I, that's what I uh, got into. Um, also. Um, I bought a new PS4 game, which just dropped a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's it's given us the, the great Castlevania fix, uh, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Ritual of the Night, uh, published by uh, 505 Games and developed by Artplay. Uh, this was a, a crowdfunded game on Kickstarter. Really? Yep. And it was uh, written by Koji Igarashi, who was the former Castlevania series producer. Wow. He, was, he famously... Uh, uh, produced a symphony of the night mm-hmm. the classic back in 97 and ever since konami uh, decided to get out of the video game business and make pachinko machines in japan <laughs> there's been a void for metroidvania games and thankfully uh igarashi stepped back in and and to do what he does best and art play uh gave us one hell of a game right here i'm still playing through it um it's just great metroidvania action it's a spiritual successor to the castlevania series um 
let's see it, it, it continues that tradition so it, it gives you that like satisfying sense of progression like you get to level up your character you get to use like familiars um, which are like the spirits of like enemies that you've defeated you can use them at, at your beck and call you can even upgrade familiars so they can become stronger um, there's different playstyles you can use you can you can be uh, you can use single-handed weapons or double-handed weapons like great swords you can even use guns with specialized ammo or lean into magic some more um, there's some unique enemy design which I like uh, like some there's like giant cats and there's like giant puppy heads um, here and there which I thought was pretty cool um, even the even the the protagonist is customizable you can customize how they look how the main character Miriam looks uh, from her, her skin tone hair hairstyle to like the type of gameplay style you get to use you you get to choose to play as um, soundtrack is also by Michiro Yamane who uh, did a soundtrack for several of the Castlevania Metroidvania games. Um, I think since Symphony of the Night. Uh, but yeah, this is a, this is pretty dope. Um, if you're a fan of like uh, Metroidvania games, especially like something that's as close to Castlevania as we'll ever get, then definitely pick up Bloodstained. I think it's forty bucks right oh, now. Oh, it's a discount on it. Yep, so, yep, forty bucks. Um, you can't go wrong with it. It's pretty dope. I'm I'm, I'm having a, l- a lot of fun with this. Um, I've been playing this for hours on end. I've noticed. And you know what I think you should do? What? You should show our YouTube followers. Yeah, once I beat it, and I'll play through it again. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's a dope game. So Ritual Bloodstained of the Night. Please check this one out. Um, don't sleep on this. It's it's a one fun game. One fun game. Also, uh, since it's the month of July. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> You, you, I I didn't even think about this. It's uh, oh he done broke the bank. Yeah. Ah, the Christmas has came early. Christmas has come early for me. That's right. I'm talking about bam, the Criterion Collection sale at Barnes and Noble all throughout the month of July. All right, let's get the classical music going. Yes. Fifty percent off of all criterion titles blu-ray and dvd i had to pick up some classics right here first up i picked up uh the classic 60s film by michelangelo antonioni blow up uh such a gorgeous film gorgeous 60s fashion which what a great looking thriller uh magnifique right here yes uh we also have a classic right here, one of my favorite films, Sidney Poitier's A Raisin in the Sun. Okay. Starring, uh, also starring Ruby D, one of her early roles, 1961. Classic right here. I'm so glad this is on, finally on Blu-ray, courtesy of Criterion. We also have A Dry White Season, uh, which was directed by Yuzan, Yuzan Paltsy, who was the uh, first black woman to direct a Hollywood studio film. Came out in 1989, starring Donald Sutherland about uh, apartheid in South Africa. Haven't, haven't seen this one, but I hear a lot of great things about it. Um, a Face in the Crowd, directed by Elia Kazan, who directed A Streetcar Named Desire and On the Waterfront. Uh, this one was uh, the film debut of Andy Griffith. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <whistles> yep. You can't and, help but do it. Yeah. Played. You can't help but say, you can't help but whistle the theme song. Yeah. Yep, pretty a uh, pretty pretty good solid film right here. Also, Orson Welles, uh, sophomore film after Citizen Kane, The Magnificent Ambersons, lovingly restored on Blu-ray. Uh, this this one I I squealed with excitement when I saw this on the shelf. I had to pick it up right here. 
You didn't do that. Not literally, right? I did. <laughs> oh, but but this one. Ugh. This one, I had, I jumped for joy. I said, glory, hallelujah. I am so happy that Criterion has released this. Because you I've said been, glory, hallelujah. Yes. A non-religious person. Yes. You praise God. <laughs> well, the, the filmmaking gods, that is. Because I've been asking for this for years. I said, Criterion, give me what I want. Give me what I want. I was waiting for it. I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> they gave us... The full, fully 4K restored War and Peace. Did you say 4K? Well, it was restored in 4K, but it's a standard Blu-ray. Uh, this is the classic uh, Academy Award-winning best foreign language film. The longest uh, foreign language film ever made, uh, clocking around five hours. Um, split off into four parts. This is based on the classic uh, Leo Tolstoy uh, novel of the same name. Uh Man, um, classic story of a three a love triangle between uh, Pierre, Nat- Nat- Natasha, and who was the third one? Who was the third guy? Uh, P- Pr- uh, Prince Andre. Yes, uh, this this was a massive film split off into four parts. Came out in 1966 and 1967. You talk about epic filmmaking right here. Ah, uh, this. This is a true masterpiece in filmmaking. Um, one yeah. of the end game of the sixties, hmm? the end game of the sixties. Basically, yeah, you could okay. say that. Uh, War and Peace, just as long as the novel. But I am so happy that Criterion gave blessed us with this film. So thank you, Criterion. Mwah. So good to us. We don't deserve, we don't deserve your your blessings sometimes. Yes, Hallelujah. Praise, praise the filmmaking gods. Yes. You need a moment. <laughs> Well, maybe. Maybe after I uh, talk about this next film. Jesus. Last but you, not least. You've been busy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just to, just to get into the comments, uh, yes, Gabe, uh, Konami actually did stop making games. Um, I think uh, The Phantom Pain was their final game. Uh, Konami decided to switch their entire business model. And no, no lie, they're, they legitimately make exclusively pachinko machines. Like basically, like Japanese pinball machines in Japan. That's all they make now. And as as Jim Sterling would say, "Fuck Konami." For that and many other reasons. Okay. But uh, but there was a film. <laughs> there was a film that I saw this pa- this past week, and um, I think you would describe it as the most Victor ass movie. As of this recording, the most Victor ass movie of 2019. And what's that? Midsommar. Yeah, that was definitely a Victor ass movie. I even saw the previews for another Victor ass movie. Like me and my girl was like, we saw the preview. We just looked over and she was like, this is a Victor ass movie. <laughs> well, which one was that? Uh, the one about the, um, the Indian kid who, um, who's inspired by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. I didn't see that. I heard mixed reviews on that. Even though I like I like the director Danny Boyle, <laughs> but but yeah, uh, I'm hosting a watch party for the show, and then uh, Mike Medina, Wild Man Congo. We need you back on the show, by the way. Yes. Uh, he put Enzo versus Joey Janela feud of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Are they beef? The co- yeah, I said the vi- I put I posted the video on uh, from Codex UWO chat. Oh, I didn't have the time. To oh my god! Yeah. Trust me. The court jester of professional wrestling strikes again. 
consensual penis. Yeah, sometimes you like, and I'm sorry to cut you off and all that. Sometimes you really just have to go in just to see what the hell Enzo is up to, Mm. just for a good laugh. Let's see see him embarrass himself one more time. Yeah, why not? It's actually it's actually quite entertaining when he embarrasses himself. When he embarrasses himself, at least I find it entertaining. There's actually there actually are uh, Enzo fans out there, Kyle. But uh, yeah, yeah. But then again, you know, you gotta excuse Kyle. He's a Panthers fan, so you know. See, stop, 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 stop. I know, I know. I shouldn't kick a man while he's down. You know. Because, you know, the Panthers and the Iconics, he, he, he doesn't, he has so little, you know? But anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, Midsommar, yes, uh, this was written and directed by Ari Aster, mm-hmm. who gave us uh, last year's uh, great horror film, Her- Hereditary. Have you seen that one? No, I heard of it, but I haven't got Oh, you should. Tony Collette was awesome in it. Uh, this film, Midsommar, stars Florence Pugh, uh, Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper, Will Poulter. Uh, yep, he's in it. <laughs> Did you really have to change your voice when you said his name? Yeah. <laughs> he's a good actor. He is a he's good a actor. He's a good actor. For you to change your voice to with just when you said his name. No. Like, you didn't need to do it. Well, he's a good actor, but he just plays douchebags so well. <laughs> Watch We Are the Millers. I gotta see that, yeah. That that was highly a, that was a funny ass movie. It did look funny. We saw, We are the Millers is very funny. Okay, I saw the clip when he was uh, singing at TLC's Waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this film is anything but uh, a lighthearted comedy. Uh, Midsommar is a straight up horrifying film. Um, it uh, it's about it's and, and at, at its core, it's a breakup story. So it's about this uh, this woman uh, named Danny, played by Florence Pugh, mm-hmm. and Danny's going through a, a bit of a bit of a crisis, a bit of emotional issue. You see, you see, the film opens with her uh, dealing with the aftermath of the murder suicide of her sister and her parents, mm. and um, and she's also in this codependent dependent relationship with her. Uh, with her emotionally distant boyfriend, uh, played by Jack Rayner, his name's Christian, and he's a guy who's uh, he's pursuing his doctorate, his PhD, and you know he's he, and just when he's decided, just when he decides to work up enough nerve to break up with Danny, that's when the murder suicide bombshell hits, and he's like, uh, well, I can't break up with her now, so I gotta put it off." And then uh, Danny finds out that he was actually going to go with his friends uh, to a, a summer vacation trip to Sweden. Sweden. And and, uh, and Danny, you know, she's like, well, why didn't you invite me? And he's like, oh, uh, you know, it was last minute. Um, I, they just told me about it. And like, I was like, you know, it's, it's, for, it's, for, it's for my thesis and I got to go. And she's like, but you bought a ticket two, two months ago. I saw, I saw it. And he's like... Yeah, I guess I got to invite you at the last minute. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's definitely not boyfriend of the year, and uh, and his friends are like, wait a minute, you got to invite her, and even Will Poulter's like that bitch, <laughs> and and then you know he has to bring her, his, Christian has to bring Danny along, so they all they all venture off to Sweden in this remote village in the middle of nowhere. It's all secluded in these like these beautiful grassy fields but it's perpetual daylight it's daylight damn near 24 7 to the point where it could be bright outside the sun is shining bright bright blue skies it's 9 p.m 
and it's and it's fucking with everybody. And it sounds like Washington State. Washington State. Yeah, like Seattle's that? like that. Oh wow. Sometimes Texas too. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow, Texas. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like further south, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But. But here it's like they can't tell where one day ends and another begins, and so, and so they so they're they're spending time with this like this you know these, these Swedish villagers, and they have like these weird um these, these sort of like strange and very unique um cultural uh, norms and 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 functions. And at, at first they're very nice, they're very open, they're very welcoming. They're and you know trying to get trying to get these uh, new Americans to immerse themselves in the culture. Um, but then shit gets real. It gets exactly. way too real. Mm-hmm. It's usually how it starts. <laughs> yep. And uh, and man, the 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 things that I saw in Midsommar, some of the things were so horrifying and so disturbing that it for me and and I've seen a lot of dark shit. I've seen a lot of dark films. Yeah, this yeah film, you have. This film stepped on the line. It, had, it it did one toe over the line, but it stepped right on the line. Cannibal Holocaust, like. I wouldn't go so far as to, as to say Cannibal Holocaust, but it was definitely a film that really got under my skin. I mean, there were some nasty, grisly uh, uh, scenes and moments in this film. Um, there was a lot of emotional violence between Danny and Christian. Um, you see, uh, like I said, it's a it's a breakup story at, at its core. So um, you have this 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 couple that have their relationships already de- already deteriorating. You see, Danny, she's dealing with like her the death of her family, but she's also emotionally clingy and needy. Christian's so emotion, so emotionally distant, and then he tries to flex his white privilege on his colleague, who's who actually goes to the village to like, to produce his own thesis. And so, what does Christian do? He decides to take his idea and say, "Hey, this is my thesis now," and then trying to flex his white privilege on, on the only black guy in the whole village. So it's kind of like Get Out Part Two, but for that guy. Ah, oh, damn. And. um this film, uh, also, this film, like, I, I can't spoil anything that happens, but, like, the one scene that involves, uh, um, that involves two elders, oh, man, this, this, that, that scene will haunt me forever, and I, I feel, I feel good about it, I enjoyed it, you know, like, I thought that from, with all the, with all the blood and, and the viscera and, and, and the, and the gristle that you see, uh, throughout this film and throughout all these characters and um, also the weirdest, the most disturbing and the most off-putting sex scene I have seen in any motion picture in recent memory. Um, uh, you know, I got to say that I, I, I was, I was, I was repulsed. I was, I was nauseated. And I was, I was intrigued. Satisfied? Um, not satisfied. Well, satisfied in terms of like how the story ends. But I thought this film was delightfully and deliciously disturbing. This is a tasty snack of a film. Um, this is a film that, that, that gives us visuals that no human being should see. And it would haunt you forever. And I and I like it. I like it a lot. As a matter of fact, I went to see it with uh, my my fiance Monet, and we both enjoyed it. In fact, Monet wants to see it again, and I want to see it again. And Midsommar is a film that you know, among at least among our circle of friends, that they look at us, they look at me, and be like, Victor, what the fuck is wrong with you? We're not going to watch this bullshit, Jesus Christ. And that's okay. 
You act like we've never said that to you before. I know, but 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 that's okay. <laughs> but you know what? If you're in the mood for something that's deeply disturbing, something that will potentially give you nightmares, something that will crawl under your skin like a bad rash, something that's an itch that like that that'll give you an itch that you can't quite scratch, something that will make you question the 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 goodness of of humanity. Check out Midsommar. This is a fucked up film, top to bottom. Um, it's a film that if your petty game is over 9,000 and, and, and you, and you want to break up with your partner in the worst way, take your partner to see this film and say, that's what I think of you and walk out when it ends. I have, three, I have just two words to describe Midsommar. Scrum shiss. I'm through. The more you, as you was going, as you was going on to describe about this, I'm just more and more convinced that there's bodies in your basement. There are no bodies in my basement, Carl. There are no bodies in my basement, Carl. I'm going to be a lampshade before the end. Remember, if I disappear on a Wednesday night, Victor did it. Ten thirty p.m. in gym. Uh, the movie he's talking about is Midsommar. Yes. It's on my, uh, it's on my, uh, watch party. Yes. Uh, Midsommar. Jim, I know Jim is a horror fan. I would love for Jim Savard to go see this movie. Oh, this wasn't Jim Savard. Oh, no? Nah. Dang. Well, if Jim Savard ever, ever listens at some point, but yo, please watch that film. I want I would love to hear what you think. <laughs> What's that? Tyro said the gift. A gift? <laughs> Oh, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to steal that one, TJ. Listen, like <laughs> to to all of our peeps, Tyrone Furman, the whole fam squad, everybody, go see Midsomar. I give it the Victor Omoyo stamp of approval. If you're a fan of horror films, and if you're and if you're daring enough, see Midsomar. Don't eat anything beforehand. Don't drink anything beforehand. That just be a challenge. Just see it. Oh, I, I can I can eat through Midsommar. I, I'll have a nice big bucket of like grilled chicken and just go to town. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let me tell you, let me tell you about the sex scene in this film, Carl. You don't got. Uh... I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I will say one more thing. Um, there's only one film that's probably more fucked up than Midsommar, and it's by the same director. Cannibal Holocaust? No, no, he didn't direct Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, Ari Aster, he in t- back in 2011, uh, he directed a short film called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. You can find it on YouTube. It's a short film. It's about a black family, and it's a story where the son has a history of sexually molesting his father. Whoa, whoa! And you liked it, didn't you? I thought it was it, it, it was one of the most horrifying films I've seen in years, and I liked the craft behind it. I liked the filmmaking behind it. It's it's a film that is definitely more fucked up than Midsommar, and that's saying something. Like I would say, like Midsommar is like a nine point five on the fucked up scale, but a strange thing about the Johnsons is a ten. So ah, I just had a better idea. Triple feature: strange thing about the Johnsons, Hereditary. And Midsommar, back to back to back in one day. That's the Victor Omoyo challenge, courtesy of Codex Prime Podcast. Let us know if you can do it. You know, we should put that out. 
I'm a, we should put that challenge out. Yeah, let's do it. I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll put together. I'll put together a little video. Yep, the Ari Aster challenge. Yes, the Ari Aster challenge. Yep, man. Mitsumar, man. You okay? Oh, I'm okay. You sound like you, do you. You need a moment. You need a towel or something. I mean, if I see that movie again, shit. I mean, you know, that movie and I, we can do some things. You want to do some things about a, after watching a movie about a kid molesting his father? No, I'm talking about Mitsumar, man. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. What do you think I am, a sick freak? Yeah. Jesus, I have standards. I'm not talking about strange things about the Johnsons. We're talking about Mitsumar. Oh, I'm just saying. You just, you just thoroughly went through just describe that one. So, I mean. I mean, I'm all about, I'm all about like disembowelment like in, in horror films, but I mean, but but molestation that's 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 way that's way beyond the pale, man. Come on, man. Listen. Where's your humanity? Listen, the mind of Victor Amoyo is a scary place. It's not that scary if you know how to navigate it. Yeah, I see. Oh, oh okay. Jim Jim says he got this. Oh yeah. All right. I want to see that. I want to see this. I want to hear about it. Yes. Yes, the Ari Aster Challenge, courtesy of Victor Romoyo on Codex Prime. A R I. Yep. A- Aster. Yep. A S T E R. Yep. All right. Yeah, man. And what are those movies? Uh, the first one is The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, and that's a short film that's on YouTube. Thing about. Johnson's. Yeah, I know I said it wrong. What was the next one? Hereditary. Hereditary and Midsommar. Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let me in. I I will. Stop. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my man, Nick Thomas. (laughs) What else your sick-minded ass got? Uh yeah, that's pretty much all I got, man. Okay. Um let me see. Let me try to breeze through all these real quick. Oh, he's he said it's on. He's ready. All right. All right, Jim. He's ready. I I get you Oh my god, this is gonna be funny. This is gonna be yeah. hilarious. So uh started off, I'm almost done reviewing Stranger Things. I'm oh. watching Stranger Things three. Oh, okay. Get on it. Yeah. Get on it. We gotta do it. We gotta do an episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that next, this weekend. Yeah. Eight episodes, you can get through it quick. Oh, nice. Except for if you're me. Nice. Um, on the comics end, I picked up what, wow. the. I actually can't believe this. What's that? Walking Dead issue 193. Really? The final. The final issue? The final. As a matter of fact, that it's done. Really? It is over. The final issue of The Walking Dead. Damn, it's been, what, like 18 years? About that, since what, 2003, I want to say? Like, 2002, I think. Yeah. Wow. That's it? Really? Rob Kirkman just said, no more. Like, he just abruptly canceled it? That's it. It's done. So, like... That shit has been selling like crazy. Let me tell you... Yeah, exactly. Jim just said he cannot find it. I found out about it on Tuesday... Mm-hmm. Texted a few of my people's like, yo, this is it. Like, get this. This is a cash cow. Get it. Mm-hmm. And come Wednesday, I usually send an email to my friendly neighborhood, Rock Cocos. Mm-hmm. I send it to him at 
He opens at 11. Yeah. Send it to him at 1130. Mm-hmm. By 1230, he said, we ain't got no more. Damn. Just like that. Yeah. So luckily I was at work. And we drove, I, I drove my, we drove our clients all the way to Friendly Neighborhood Comics in Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since October 8th, 2003. Wow. Drove all the way up there, and they had, they still had some left. And they had to have a sign that said one per customer. Oh, okay. Yeah. But since luckily, the guy who knows, the guy knows me, he said, all right, I'll be nice. Put one aside for you for Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went back Friday morning and got it. Nice. So I'm like, it's the first print. They they were sold out that day. I went on eBay. People were already selling it for like 90 bucks. Jesus. Damn. Talking about getting it graded and everything. Wow. Some scalper action right there. Yeah. And that's issue 193? 193. Wow. And Good luck. They're, I mean, they're on second prints mm-hmm. already. Yeah. But yeah, good luck. Now, now have you read it? No, not yet. I know there's like three stories in one, and it's like four bucks, a regular price comic. Okay. Thick enough where you think uh, it was, it would be like something like uh, Detective Comics 1000, Action mm-hmm. Comics 1000, what's about to come out in August, Marvel Comics 1000, as a cash cop. Make sure you get it. Oh, okay. And they were like eight bucks. I'm like, no, you get three stories, wow. four bucks. Wow. Dope. Now, now, as far as you know, does it like conclusively wrap up the whole series or is it just like an abrupt cancellation i think so because i haven't had a chance to like really look at it yet because i've been so far gone on the walking dead Mm -hmm. like on the comics end Mm -hmm. that i can't even tell you like where the story has gone since Mm -hmm. carl got his eye shot out oh how far back was that in the comics i can't remember what issue was that one but yeah it was a long time ago Oh, man. You got some catching up then. That's a lot of catching up. You're better off just buying, either finding them online or just buying the compendiums. Oh, yeah. Wow, man. I didn't even know it was canceled. I, I didn't find out till the day before. Man. The day before. Wow. Well, I guess uh, Walking Dead fans out there who are com- on the comics tip, you better get yours now yeah. or wait for the second printing. But then I came across a little article that said AM, that AMC said just because the comics have ended doesn't mean the show will end. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> like, uh, it's like just, I should be telling you something. Like I know. Take a hint, AMC. Just tap out. There's still fans that are holding on. I, wow. I tried. Yeah, man. I tried and I was like, I'm gonna make this. I'm like, nope. Yeah. I tried, like, I stopped in the middle of season seven, like, when Negan showed up. I'm like, yeah, uh, I, 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 I give up. I can't do this. Yeah, anymore. I think, like, the season after, I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm just done. I, I just did not care. Mm. I tried, but then I just, I missed one episode, and I just did not care. Yeah. Plus, from what I heard, I read, I read, I read spoilers on the show. Like, there were some major, more major deaths afterwards. Nobody cares anymore. Like, the original, yeah. there's only, what, one character left from season one? Yeah. Daryl, to my knowledge. I think it's Daryl. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they they won't. Did they, they didn't even need to kill off Daryl to end the show. <laughs> let them lose interest in the show. For real. Just just, just let it go. Just let it go, AMC. Oh, man. So, uh, good luck finding that one. Because, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that is, it, it was hard. I, was, I lucked out. Mm. I lucked out. So, um, some more on the comics tip. I, um... Okay, back when I went to New York Comic Con, I 
got like a cute. I got like a nice little grab bag, and some of these are from like these um like get buy one get one free grab bags. You know that just have anonymous stuff in them. Yeah. But this one was from when I went to the uh, Marvel True Believer True Believers panel in uh, back in New York Comic Con last year, mm. and it was what if. Marvel Comics went metal with Ghost Rider. It was published back in two, back in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. It was written by Sebastian Gurner and art by Casper uh, Wingard. Casper mm-hmm. Wingard, excuse me. So uh, Robbie Reyes is working as a, he's working as an intern at Marvel, and he is sent on an assignment to give a tour to a Latvian death metal band called Hasenwald. Mm-hmm. And although the band has, although the band has an evil agenda on their own. Right. All right. And, to, and that's to unleash an evil through comics into the world, and it is up to Ghost Rider to stop them. Hmm. Quite interesting. interesting. Yeah, I think it was like a one-off issue. I haven't heard anything about a part two or anything, but I'm like, okay, well, this is like, uh, this is like a different take. Fuck yeah, love the writer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, was, it was cool. A nice little, like, quick read. Nice. Wouldn't mind. I mean, if you catch if you catch it, mm. but I wouldn't mind spending money on it. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. So, and the next one was this was from the grab bags, is uh, X Men number one, the exterminated. Now, this one actually had two stories in one. Mm-hmm. So, the first one is the Hope Summers and Jean Grey story, which is written by Zach Thompson and Lo- Lonnie Nadler, and art by uh, Neil Edwards. Mm-hmm. Okay, and hold on. James said to read Deceased. Deceased? I heard a lot of good things about it. I've been hearing a lot of good things, too. Yeah. yeah I, I, I had to go. I had to head to Rock Hoko's. I've been there. And yeah, yeah. Reagan says that you are now the new slacker. <laughs> I know. I was I the know. slacker, but I show up every week. Yeah. Which is why I find, like, very, like, uh, you still keep up with your comics, but it's, like, mm. very, like, it doesn't cost as much. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to show up this weekend, I promise. It's documented. <laughs> Reagan, let us know. But yeah, Cape, but, um, with this story, Cable was killed by a younger version of himself while protecting the time-traveling X-Men. Hope Summers, which is Cable's daughter, mm-hmm. is grieving with her loss with, and Jean is helping her. Um, Hope decides to search for Cable's safe houses throughout the world to find a time machine in order to bring him back. But then Jean Grey was preventing her from doing that, explaining just because we have the ability to do something doesn't mean we should. Mm-hmm. And it's also explaining how she should like let go and move forward. Okay, um, it was nice, nice little story. Yeah, um, I think it was, I think this was also a one-off issue, and then also in that same comic, which is X Men number one, the Exterminated, and there's the Cyclops and Corsair story, which is written by Chris Claremont and the art by uh, Ramon Rosanes, and it's a story. It's basically the story of uh, Cyclops and Corsair's uh, relationship as told from Cable's perspective. Baby Cable's perspective. So Corsair being um, Cyclops' father, yep. who was a mutant as well, basically tells how their their relationship was rocky and which led to Cable and um, Cyclops' relationship being similar. And mm-hmm. So it was a nice little fun, heartwarming read. You know, he's a little sensitive, so I think you might enjoy that one. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah. And then also this actually just came out. I think this is the last thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so this is also what I've been up to. Uh, Fantastic Four, The Prodigal Son, number one, which is written by Peter David and art by Francesco Mano. And it's actually chapter one of three, which is very similar to the um, 
Wakanda Forever series with the uh, Dora Milaje. Yeah. That was that was with uh, what was it? Spider Man, uh, X Men, and the Avengers. Yep. Yeah. So it was similar to that, and it's actually the yeah. This one is the first of three Fantastic Four, and it features the fantastic yeah the. It's going to be Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, and Guardians of the Galaxy. And it introduces uh, Prodigal, which is an, who's an alien, who um, is an alien being who has crashed into the Savage Land, and he becomes worshipped by the uh, Swamp Soldiers. I know there was a different name for him, but it just escaped me. And Kazar and Satana call upon the Fantastic Four to help them before Prodigal leads the Swamp Soldiers from conquering their world. Yeah. Um, it, lo- it, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. Nice little three part read that I wouldn't mind collecting. And I think I I think I recommend you should do it too. Nice. Um also what I've also I started Jessica Jones season three. Okay. Then season then Stranger Things came out and me and my girl on a case we they, we decided to watch it as a family. Then they fin- went ahead and finished it on me. Good. Then good. one day you know what, fuck you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I mean, good art doesn't wait for anybody sometimes. Still. We made plans to watch it together, and they ruined that. I mean, technically, you all watch it together. No, we watched, what, the first four episodes? It's all right. It's half. Yeah, but I, I think you would like it. Yeah, I, 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 I love the first two, so I th- I'm expecting good things for part three. Yeah, I, I can't wait to review that one. Yeah. Um, what else have I been up to? Oh, yeah, this past weekend was the uh, Will Blockman of... Yeah, the annual Will Blockman Youth Football Camp, and also on Sunday was the yeah. Kyle, the second annual Kyle Rowley um, Will Blackman Combine Camp. Mm-hmm. Now, the Combine Camp is actually what helps uh, Rhode Island, Rhode Island high school students get noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, so they had like Division two and three um, college coaches come in because you can't really do, you can't do Division one due to NCAA regulations, yeah. and they also had trainers from. Um, NEST, New, uh, what was it? New England, New England Sports Training up in Mass, and they like train with uh, some top tier athletes, like train with the Bruins, uh, the Celtics, and a lot of other New England teams as well. Yep. So they had them come down to Rhode Island for a camp, for a combine camp to actually no- get these kids noticed. Nice. And I will have to tell you though, some of these kids are freaking massive. And they are so talented. It's hard, and it's hard because if you, to get noticed out of Rhode Island, you either had to go to Bishop Hedrickan High School or LaSalle Academy, which are you know top you know Catholic high schools and that yeah. you know that are top sports schools in the in the state. Yeah. And a lot of them don't really can't really make it either. You know they couldn't have, afford to go for tuition and stuff, so they play high school in public schools but this was an opportunity for them to do so oh. and it was also a great networking opportunity i got to meet uh, lee moses who's um and rookie camp for the car for the arizona cardinals right now a lot of players who played in the nfl who played college on the college level and stuff and it was just great and then you know great catching up with will as well you know he was a childhood friend of mine mm-hmm. who we call we call each other twins because we have the same exact birthday nice. month day and year wow so yeah, it was great catching up with him, and it was just a great all. It was just a great overall experience. Something I look forward to doing every year. So, uh, yeah, if you know any high school kids, you know who are football standouts, but don't really have like the means to get noticed like that, send them on down. I'll make sure I'll put the uh, info out once uh, once uh, camp rolls around next season. And uh, whew, said that all in one breath. Yeah, I'm ready to talk some Spider Man. 
Yeah, man. Let's talk about the old webhead uh, back in action. Uh, before we do that, quick shout out once again to our sponsor, Studio Regent Headphones. That's right. If you want some high quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones, all you got to do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off. And as always, free shipping in the USA. <laughs> Brian, Brian, shout out to Brian. He made that more funny to me because he enjoys that part so much. He does. (laughs) And that's what's up. But yeah, man, we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, a.k.a. Spidey's European Vacation, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2 European Boogaloo. All right. This is the... uh, this is the uh, post-Avengers Endgame MCU film. I believe it's the 23rd uh, MCU film. I'm just going to go along and say, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, if I got that, if my, if my memory serves correctly. Uh, once again, it's directed, directed by John Watts, who directed Spider-Man Homecoming back in 2017. Uh, this film is the epilogue film of the uh, Infinity Saga. So it just takes place about eight months after the blip. or AK, what they call Yep, what they call Thanos' snap. And so uh, the people who have reappeared, they're starting to readjust uh, to life um, five years later. Um, so some kids in Peter Parker's high school who were left behind, they, they grew up into, you know, grown-ass people. But so, <laughs> which led to a funny That gag. was such a good <laughs> gag, though. You got to yeah. give them that. Oh, yeah. And so, and so this film, um, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, he's uh, going on a field trip to Europe with his uh, class. And uh, he's basically being hounded by Nick Fury to um, address a th- elemental threat, which is being fought off by a new uh, newcomer on the scene, Mysterio, who happened, who claims to be from another dimension, another Earth, if you will. So does this mean that the multiverse is going to enter the MCU space? Uh, we'll find out in this review of Spider-Man Far From Home. So... Uh, yeah, real quick uh, before before we delve into all the spoilers, uh, let's we'll give our quick impressions. Uh, Carl, what did you think of Far From Home? I actually it was a fun watch. Mm. I had a very fun time watching this. Uh, lots of you know, lots of laughs. You know that you expect from you know it was a teenage film. Yeah, it, it was a teenage film fun. that adults can enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially you know you're a Marvel fanboy like myself, but like. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I'm actually looking forward to hearing Free and John Oponics <laughs> hate. Oh, he hasn't seen it yet, but I'm, I said, uh, like, for, for you, John, this is a rental. <laughs> but he said that he might see it this weekend. He's uh, going to go just to hate. He's going to pull a Victor Acrimony. <laughs> well, I mean, Acrimony was a bad movie. That's the only difference. Yeah, but you spent two hours just to hate. What's going on, Razor? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Razor. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back. Um. Yeah, the comments are a little slow on my end, but that's yeah, okay. this is on my watch party, so we're getting two sets of comments here. Oh, okay. So the watch party is like on your feed. Yes. Okay, I got you. Um, but yeah, uh, Spider Man: Far From Home. I had a lot of fun with this. Um, this was a really fun film. Um, it, it, it's it's like an it's billed as an action comedy. So yeah, like, like a teen action comedy. Oh yeah. So like all the jokes naturally flow. Um, I I really like Tom Holland as Peter Parker. Um, I really liked all the chemistry he had, especially with Zendaya's uh, MJ, uh, aka Daria, because she's so she's so deadpan. Um, his his friend Ned, 
is that his friend? Yeah, Ned. Yeah, Ned. Um, um, they, they were, he was pretty cool. Um, I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal as Quentin Beck slash Mysterio. Um, I really liked the creative use of how they handled Mysterio's powers, quote unquote. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. But one thing I just... It was an observation I made a long time ago, and I have not been able to unsee it ever since. Yeah. And I got to share this with somebody. What's up? Doesn't Jake Gyllenhaal look like CM Punk? You know what? If if you slick back his hair, give him a few, few tattoos, he could pull off a CM Punk. Yeah. Think of, okay. Think of Jake Gyllenhaal in Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. In WWE CW CM Punk. Ah, the same the similar haircut. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. I can I can kind of see it, yeah. Like if 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 there was a movie about CM Punk Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Hands down. He that would be an interesting performance too. Yeah, and he could he could pull And they don't t- and they they're very similar. He kind of talks like him too. Like he could just pull off his accent. Like Jake Gyllenhaal can probably pull off an a CM Punk accent. Oh yeah, he could. Like um like he could play like a like a tough guy like have you ever seen that movie Southpaw? Bits and pieces pieces of it. Yeah, that movie was all right, but Jake Gyllenhaal like he it was an interesting performance. Too. He could definitely pull off something like that, like a CM Punk type role. Yeah. But but yeah, I really enjoyed Gyllenhaal in this. Uh, I like the creative use of Mysterio in it, which we'll get into more. Um, also, uh, this will be this will be into the spoilers, but one of the one of the dopest mid-credit scenes I've ever seen. Hold that thought. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, I gotta say, the opening of this film, I was I, I was rolling. It, <laughs> it was it was so bad. Yeah, I was watching. I was watching my girl, who's a huge. I'm getting into spoilers. Yeah, we gotta. Get, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. gotta. Yeah, we we gotta get into spoilers oh, right now. Oh my god! But uh, but if you haven't seen Spider-Man: Far From Home, definitely check it out. It's gonna be the last MCU film for the next uh next two years. So MCU is gonna get back into fold around 2021. So they're gonna take a whole year and a half off to kind of kind of figure it figure it out where I they go. Black, from. I thought they was gonna do a Black Widow movie in October. Is it coming out in October? I think that I want to say it is October. I thought like because I thought like they're from what I understand like all MCU projects are gonna, like, for films are gonna they're gonna reconvene like back in 2021 I think at least that's what I heard but you you could be right I'll have to, we'll have yeah. to look it up we will but uh but yeah man if you have if you haven't seen Far From Home yet definitely check it out especially if you if if if, if you liked Homecoming then there's no reason why you wouldn't like Far From Home so yeah spoilers commence in five four three two one bam um, but. No. <laughs> oh my god the the opening scene was the opening was so funny but it was so hilariously bad like it opened with in memoriam and comic sans like you could tell like high schoolers came up with it but like you know like they had like the the the, the jpegs of all of tony stark and they even had like a blurry one of vision they did vision dirty yeah they one. did <laughs> And in my Easter egg source, which I'm going to be sprinkling a whole lot of, by the way. I yeah. mean, they just, they, it was just like my source, top 10 nerd. It was just like, but eh, it's just vision. I'm like, God damn. Yeah. I mean, he had the mind stone so and everything. everything. Yeah. He sacrificed himself, damn it. He did. He did. And there's no coming back from him because he was like pre-snap. But but yeah, man, the, the beginning was so funny. It was like a... It was like a uh, it was like an earnest tribute video, like to the fallen heroes, and then Tony Stark, 
a lot of images of him. And then it opened up with Betty Brant and her co-host in the high school news thing. Bam! Easter egg right already. Yep. Okay, yeah. so now they, if you uh, actually pay attention, okay, the film begins with a video sequence from Peter from Peter's high school news team. Yep. Betty says that that coming back from the the blip, yep. which we all commonly refer to as a snap, mm-hmm. is the beginning of a new fa- is the beginning of a new phase, which begins the next phase in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So just a little subtitle there, say a little subtle. Here or there. Oh, interesting. Nice. So, all right, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, and um, and also it's just interesting about the the whole blip thing. Like it it does it does kind of address a certain question. It's like, well, what happened to those people like who are in certain situations that disappeared and reappeared? Like, what if people who are what happened to people who are like in airplanes? Or what if like people like re reappeared in a place where there's now a building and they like blip into a wall like. Like, but then I, but then I heard like another, like pretty much conf- confirmed by the uh, the the Russo brothers at the Hulk, Bruce yeah. Banner basically like made sure that everybody got blipped to safe spaces. Yeah, okay. Like when he, I think it was like during a time like he sent Captain America back and like had all the calculations, doing his Bruce Banner thing basically. Except for except for that that marching band member who was in the middle who reappeared in the middle of the basketball game when he was passing the ball and he gets hit in the head. Oh yeah, poor guy. <laughs> but but yeah, man. So this this was a this was a this was a really fun film. Um, uh, Peter Parker, he's a uh, he's he's uh, still uh, dealing with the uh, aftermath of of Tony Stark's death, living in a post Tony Stark world. Um, Tony Stark heroically sacrificed himself at the end of Endgame, and um, and uh, he was uh, Tony Stark left behind his uh, glasses. Uh, name which with it with an AI system he calls Edith, which controls the entire Stark Industries arsenal, including orbital drones. And uh, Peter Parker is kind of wrestling with that responsibility of being a successor and not knowing what to do with that. Meanwhile, he's trying to ghost Nick Fury because he wants he just wants to enjoy a European mm-hmm. vacation, you know. And he he was in space for God's sakes, yeah. you know. Let him have his break. You do? Do you remember what Edith stands for? Oh man, I forgot the name, the acronym. Even dead, I'm the hero. Ah, it was as it's funny too when they were just talking about when he said when they say that in the movie. I like literally heard Robert Downey Jr. just saying that. Oh, it stands for Even Dead. I'm the hero. Yeah, and I'm just like, God, I'm gonna miss him so much. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Tony Stark had to get that one last dig in before you know before he uh, went to that big old Avengers base in the sky. Uh, but yeah, uh, Nick Fury tracks down um, Peter Parker and says, "Hey, you know we need your help. Uh, we have this 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 guy Quentin Beck who claims to be from another Earth, um, and uh, he's he's dealing with all these elemental threats that are terrorizing uh, the planet. And uh, these elementals, uh, Quentin Beck alleges, destroyed his Earth. So now he trans. So now thanks thanks to traveling through the multiverse he's traveled back to our earth 616 in order to uh defeat the elementals once once and for all and he needs nick fury's help as well as peter parker's um interestingly and and here's an easter egg that you might get into Mm -hmm. um and and since we're getting into spoilers it is revealed that the nick fury and maria hill that we see they're the Skrulls, Talos, and oh, I forget the name. Of the yeah, I, I heard it too early. I was listening to the Party Nerds podcast. Shout out to them, but I yeah. just 
I come. I literally forgot it. Yeah. So uh, Talos, played by Ben Mendelsohn and Captain Marvel, he was masquerading as Nick Fury the whole time, and one of the clues, one of the very subtle clues that that people didn't pick up on until after the fact was when Fury, when Fury was introducing uh, Mysterio, he said, "Well, uh, uh, Quentin Beck, he's from Earth, just not yours." And that's a peculiar thing for Nick Fury to say. Why would Nick Fury say not well, ours, not he, our Earth? Well, here's the um. Here's the Easter egg I have on that, which is eight Earth 833, which is the Earth that he said he was from. Yep. Quinbeck states that he's from Earth 833, and he's in we, the MCU, is in Earth 616. Well, in all reality, it's like Earth 999 hmm. that, we, that the MCU is in. Mm-hmm. But it says that Earth, Earth 833 actually exists in the comics, and it is actually the home to Spider-UK, and who is ah. a member of the Captain Britain Corps. Mm-hmm. So that's that. But then once you learn, like, later on in the movie, it, that's pretty much, like, irrelevant. Yeah. But it does, but Earth 3833 actually does um, exist in the comics. Okay. Yeah. Um, and plus, like, the Watchers do exist, too. So, like, because, like, because, like, when, because I was thinking about it, I was like, well, um, since since uh since Quentin since as it, it's revealed that Quentin Beck is actually a fraud, he's not yeah. from another dimension. He's just a disgruntled Stark Stark Industries employee. Yeah. Um, and this was a part where where uh, after they defeat one of the the one of the final elementals, um, Peter Parker decides to give Quentin Beck uh, his Tony Stark's glasses. He says, "Hey, man, you know." I give these to you. You know, you can you can do you can you do a better job of of this than I can. And then as soon as Peter Parker leaves the bar, you see like the bar slowly disintegrate and then Jake Gyllenhaal is like, "Wait for it. Wait for it." Ah, that wasn't so hard, was it? I'm and like, then this I'm like and I'm sitting there like, "There it is." Yep. <laughs> and then and then uh, and and this was and this was a really clever scene how Jake Gyllenhaal like breaks down how him and him and his fellow Stark employees Pull that whole con off, dude! Like they gave they gave a callback to the first MCU film, Iron Man, with that one scene where that guy was being chewed out by uh, Obadiah Stane. It's like Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps, and then it turns out to be um, Peter Billingsley, the actor Ralphie. Ralphie, yeah, I was like, oh shit, it's Ralphie. Yep, it was the exact same actor from back in two thousand eight. He was the one who actually created the whole holographic technology, right? Yeah, and which which was used to um, feel those feel those illusions of the elementals, and it turns out the elementals were just very advanced holographic drones that were causing all that destruction. Bam! I got three for the elementals. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. First one. Let me go do my notes. Okay, the first one, which was in the beginning of the, which is, okay, this is actually the second one. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one's called Hydro Man. Okay, so when the class arrives in Venice, they're snapping, you know, they're snapping pictures, being, you know, typical tourists. Yeah. You know, flash mob. Yeah. Oh, Flash Thompson. <laughs> what a tool. <laughs> Tony Revoloy. He was awesome in that. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> that flat, yo, the Mewtwo videos helped. They did, actually. All right. But when Betty is actually taking a picture of Ned, there's a, okay, there's a boat in the back that reads AS, ASM 212. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's actually in reference to Amazing Spider-Man number two one two, the debut of Hydro Man, which oh. is a standalone vil- standalone villain, not an illusion by Mysterio. Nice. So that's one. 
the second uh, they kind of my my notes are kind of all over the place okay yeah. sandman now this is before the before hydro man mm-hmm. now uh nick okay when nick fury and maria maria hill come across the ar rock sand like elemental in the beginning of the film when it was in i, I want to say mexico yeah, it was the first one, first scene. Yeah, and in the same scene, there's a license plate that read four six that read um, four six three, mm-hmm. in reference to the Sandman's first appearance from Amazing from um, Amazing Spider-Man number four, which yeah. was released in 1963. Ah, okay. And then and then following that, Molten Man, which is um. The, okay, when Spider-Man and Mysterio was battling Molten, the Molten Man uh, Elemental in Prague, mm-hmm. you know when they escaped the uh, when they escaped the theater, the uh, opera theater, yep. and they went to the carnival, which that carnival looked popping, by the way. It did. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a license plate that read two eight six five SEP, which is the first appearance of Mol- Molten Man and Amazing Spider-Man number twenty eight, released in September nineteen sixty five. Nineteen sixty five. Oh. Wow, some some very subtle Easter eggs throughout this film. Yeah, you gotta be able to catch some of these. I'm like, I'm sitting there wondering, like, yo, this movie has been out not that long, and how can you guys catch these? Yeah, thank you, top ten nerd. (laughs) For real, like this film was only out since last Tuesday. Yeah, 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 man. People work fast. You ain't lying. Yeah, but but yeah, like uh, there was um. But yeah, the whole reveal of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, Mysterio, his true nature, was pretty dope. Um, especially like how, like, uh, on some level, you kind of understand their reasons for being so disgruntled against Tony Stark. Yeah. Although, like, in to Tony's defense, Quentin Beck turns out he was unstable. So right. So he knew what he was. And, and that's the thing with, and that's what the one thing that's so great with MCU villains. Mm-hmm. You feel for them. You yeah. understand their motives instead of I just want to destroy their world. Shout outs to John upon it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, and, and plus, like another thing that but that made that kind of added fuel to Quentin Beck's fire was that like in Captain America: Civil War, I believe right. it was, where Tony Stark demonstrated that whole holographic technology, like yeah. resurrecting his parents, if you will. He called the technology barf. barf. Yeah. And then you saw Quentin Beck stand off on the off stage, and he was pissed. Like that shit was amazing how they did that. Yeah, like they like, spliced they, him in. Yeah, they spliced him into the scene. And I'm like, okay, it's probably just fit, simple, you know, film science. Yeah, I thought that shit was dope. As a casual, like, I mean, I'm not a film aficionado, mm-hmm. as you like, you know, like you, but and you probably have more knowledge of it. But I was just like, that shit was fucking dope, and it's yeah. probably just as simple as fuck. Oh, it was it was definitely simple. It's kind of like matter like kind of like CG. Yeah, CG. Yeah. Put them in a green screen. Yep. Yeah, and then and then and then what added what added more insult to injury was that Tony Stark actually took credit for creating that holographic technology <laughs> while Quentin Beck was standing right off stage at that time. Yeah, he did. He... So, so unstable or not, Beck has had reasons to be held hold a grudge, and then um, yeah, and then and then you had a. Uh, the the fact that like Quentin Beck he was he was basically just a dude who was wearing a, a literal mocap suit yeah yeah that's all it was and then he had the weaponized drones which he took control of once Peter Parker gave him the glasses um, 
That was pretty dope. One question is too is like, okay, Hydro Man was before they gave him the before Peter gave him the glasses, and he was still doing 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 destruction. Yeah. But if you really think about it, they said the only way that he would that he was able to cause all that destruction was the drones. Yeah. Yeah. It was like at first I was like maybe maybe they kind of would explain it as like. Like maybe like some kind of like hard hard light technology where like the light takes like actual like tangible form and starts causing destruction. Maybe there's a little bit to that because yeah, maybe they had a few drones of their own. Yeah, and then before like he was able to create more damage by making a drone of himself. Yeah, by you know making getting more drone drones. Yeah, and then and then like Quentin Beck, he was trying to like present himself as like the new hero that people can look up to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As like kind of like a big fu to Tony Stark as well. Pretty much. Yeah, and then like there was a there was a one scene where it kind of shows how Peter's not quite ready for this level of power and responsibility, where he accidentally summons a drone to to kill uh, um, the the twenty one year old uh, kid who was chaperoning the trip, basically. Um, Who's who's basically trying to hit on MJ? Like, yeah, like it's like a kind of like a little competition thing going on. At the same time, it's like, but dude, you're 21 and she's still a teen. It's like, do, do you not see how this looks? Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of some certain um, our house film that you love so much. We're not gonna talk about Call Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to Catch a Prey. How to Catch a Predator? That, that that's that's the wrong way to look at "Call Me by Your Name." It's it's a it's a is wo- it or is it not? It's a wonderful. Is film. it or is it not? It's about two people who find each other, and they're just trying to figure it out. And what's the ages? Let me see. The dude was okay. The dude was like twenty four. And how old was the boy? Listen, man. And there we go. Yep. Ruined it for you. And shout out to my cousin John John, who's not, who's watching right now. What does he do? See, a couple weeks ago, what's that? You called out the beehive. Okay. Yeah, you got some you got some messages for. By the way, I did. Yeah, you did on our Instagram. So I gotta leave oh. you. So I'm gonna read those to you later on. Okay. And he was tagged in that. I made sure he was tagged because he's beehive like a mother. So what does he do? What does he do? Sends me a be- sends me a Beyonce gift just for you. Oh, thank you, John Johnson, for the Beyonce gift. Like I said, Beyonce I told it, you, bitch, I'm here. Let him know. <laughs> let me say, Beyonce is she a, is she a talented artist? Yes. Is she a good singer? Yes. Is she the icon? Is she iconic? No, she is not iconic. Beyonce is good, but good is about it. She's. If Beyonce was a wrestler, she would be what you call a solid hand. A solid upper mid-carder who makes the main eventers look good. Sure, sure, Beyonce can have a run with the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship. But will she ever be the WWE World Champion? Will she ever be the Universal Champion? No. No, because she's not quite on that level. I'm sorry. She's just not it. Hashtag Mike Trop. Hashtag Beehive Be Gone. Moving on. So. <laughs> You're going to get yourself freaking murdered. Find him at Victor Amoyo on Twitter, by the way. Yes. Don't at me, any, by the way. At him. At the fuck out of him. You can, you can, you can at me at Codex Prime Cast. There you go. 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, you just got a middle finger. <laughs> we gotta get back to Spider-Man. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Um, but I I find it really interesting too that uh, like Peter Parker has the Star is is basically in control of Stark Industries because like it does show that. Peter Parker, you can't really call him the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man anymore because he literally has a whole arsenal like at his fingertips. So right. in future films, I do want to see how the MCU will explore that aspect of him. Yeah. Like, is he gonna how's that gonna affect him? Like knowing that knowing that instead of just being just a web slinger, you know, beating up bad guys around the neighborhood, he can literally call down a drone and be and be done with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. He's no longer at that street level. He's yeah. he's more he's more than that. He's an event he's an Avenger. Yeah. Yeah, he's an Avenger. Um he, people people want to see him be like the next Iron Man basically, be step up in that role. And, and I think this is really going to really going to um be an interesting story when you when you when you Juxtapose that with Nick Fury, aka the real Nick Fury, yeah. who happens to be chilling up in up in space with the Skrulls in their in their ship. So it turns out that Nick Fury, after reappearing from the blip, he's actually controlling the or actually leading the charge of the Skrulls from their from their mothership. So it's kind of interesting to see like if that's going to lead into secret invasion in the next phase of the MCU. Like if there's going to be like a different type. Of secret invasion, like that's one thing I heard. It's like okay, yeah. um, but there's so much that we can do. There's still so many unanswered questions. Like when Talos got shot and the little his daughter saw. It. Well, the secret yep. invasion was actually led by Princess. I can't remember her name right now, mm-hmm. and the scrolls were evil. Oh yeah. But then at the same time, in this one, the Kree is like the Kree is evil, and there's still Kree like undercover soldiers on Earth. Yeah. And then. Like, there's actually so much that they can do. There's, they can also do, like, the Dark Rain story. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still so much. We still... They're, they're, they're teasing us right now. They're just teasing us right now, and just... Mm-hmm. We still need more. Yeah. And guess what? We're going to go see those movies just to see what... Okay, what are you guys going to give us? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, there's a lot of interesting directions they can take, like, between... Between Peter Parker and Nick Fury, because if you remember back in Winter Soldier, right, like Pete, like Nick Fury, like it was clear clear that he was always the type of guy who like for him like the ends just justify the means, right. So like you remember in Winter Soldier how his idea for Shield was going to use those helicarriers to like basically be like surveillance, yeah, surveilling the world and like basically be like the like the pre orbital drones of the day, like like lay waste to like a, a place. Like to neutralize a threat. Now that he has the scrolls and their arsenal and their technology behind him, like what's Nick Fury's end game? Like, is he gonna is he gonna still be the ends justify the means? Is he is he gonna be like, well, I'm gonna use the scrolls. I'm gonna use them. I'm gonna have them masquerade as certain people so I can kind of like keep the peace, but kind of control planet Earth's events, like political events, to to fit my agenda, to fit to fit Shield's agenda. Yeah. And all, all for the greater good, and I, and who knows? Maybe that might turn Nick Fury, maybe not full on villain, but definitely gray. And then Peter Parker will have to step up, and then that's going to be like a very interesting dynamic right there. Because yeah. when you deal with Stark Industries tech versus the Skrulls tech, and how the secret invasion is going to tie into that somehow, that's going to be real, real interesting to kind of figure out. And not to mention, Spider Man still, we still haven't seen Oscorp. We still haven't no, seen. We haven't. Like Venom, oh uh, well. Tom well, Hart's those are Venom. like, you know, they're not MCU. They're yeah, Sony. Sony. So I mean, yep. 
And and a lot of people want to see Craven the Hunter for the next Spider-Man oh film my too. Stefan Kapitchik. Oh yeah, he could definitely do it. Um, Craven's Last Stand, I believe, that is a story that a lot of people want to see on film. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Oh my God, you just hit me with you just hit me with a Easter egg. Hold on. Yeah, Craven. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. Well. Okay. Yep. Hotel Di Mateus. Yeah. Okay, the okay, remember when the kids actually um they get to their hotel yeah. and it's like when they were in Venice and it was like underwater and it was, you know, it was a rundown hotel basically. Yeah. Well, the hotel name name was actually name Hotel Di Mateus was actually um named after one of Spider-Man's biggest um biggest contributors, mm-hmm. which is J.M. J.M. DiMatteis, and he's written story arcs such as Craven's Last... It was actually Craven's Last Hunt. Hunt, okay. Yeah, Craven's Last Hunt and The Child Within. So, um, yeah, there's a shout-out to him. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so, yeah, so with Nick Fury in charge of the Skrulls, that's going to be real interesting. And I found a, like, a, it was like a, kind of like a Easter egg, which was mentioned on IMDb, Go ahead. I was looking through their trivia, and it says that the uh, the post credit scene uh, in Spider Man Far From Home verifies a theory that was introduced in Captain Marvel. Really? Yep. Uh, Nick Fury is at least sometimes actually a Skrull. However, Talos is serving as somewhat of an ambassador to fill in for Fury while he seems to be overseeing Captain Marvel slash Cosmic Avengers level missions. Uh, presumably after the after the events of the Avengers in 2012, when he knew the team was assembled, Fury took his skills to space and left Talos in his place since that movie, which is why Fury is eating diagonally cut toast in Avengers Age of Ultron, for he told Carol Danvers that he despises diagonally cut, cut toast. toast yeah. So in Age of Ultron, he was eating... Dangly cut toes, so that Damn, could have been Talos. I never, yo, that was something I never knew, never noticed. I was like, was a good one. Wow, so Talos could have been could have been here for a while. Yeah. Damn, that was a real. That was a good one. Yeah. So yeah. that makes me want to revisit that MCU. Uh, I, I got it. I've been wanting to revisit the MCU for like ever. I don't just want to own all the MCUs. Oh, MCU yeah. films like that. This is all right. even though they have some bad ones like Iron Man three, Thor, Thor the Dark World and stuff. Yeah. Like it's still why it's why not because of how it ended mm-hmm. and just how everything led up. Yeah. You want to watch those again just to see like now that you saw the bigger picture, you want to see certain little tidbits that you miss and be like, oh shit! Like when when Captain America and back in Endgame when Captain America became worthy of Thor's hammer. Yep. That was hinted in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Like, he moved it, and you can actually see Thor's face like, oh, shit. Yeah. And he just, all that Captain America did, he just moved it for a little bit, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That was, that was it, and nobody noticed nothing. Yeah. And plus, I heard, like, a fan theory about that scene, too, where it was, like, some pe- some fans believe that uh, Captain America actually could have lifted M- Mjolnir, yeah. but he didn't want to embarrass Thor. Yeah, that was part, yeah, that was part of it. Yeah. And... And yeah, and, and also too, um, when we talk about the uh, the post credits, not the post credits, but the mid credit scene, where we see the return. This was a mic drop of a moment. We see the return of J. Jonah Jameson, but not just J. Jonah Jameson, J. J.K. Simmons. Simmons. That, who else can play him? Yeah. Who else can play him? I can't think of anybody. And there you go. 
Unless you're talking about a voice actor, but we're talking live action. So, and he sounds just like the dude from the from the video game. He does. Like I don't even <laughs> I don't even know if that's the if that's the same actor. I don't from the video. Yeah, I don't think that's the same actor, voice actor in a in a video game from from last year. But J.K. Simmons, he actually returns as J. Jonah Jameson, but as an Alex Jones as conspiracy theorist. Yeah. So the Daily Bugle is kind of like the Infowars of the MCU. Yeah. And uh, but J. Jonah Jameson, since historically he's always had a hard on for Spider-Man, he pulls off the biggest dickhead move ever by publicly publicly revealing Spider-Man's identity to the world as Peter Parker, while falsely presenting him as responsible for the drone elemental attack in London. While by basically recutting all that footage, but when Peter Parker says execute them all, yeah. but basically saying execute like the command for the drones to stop he cut the footage to make it look like he said execute them all like let the drones attack people yeah so J. Jonah Jameson you sneaky bastard you motherfucker you, and you notice about that scene there's a few easter eggs on that scene too but what I'm forgetting that particular is what was the final line that Parker said when he that he when he's when he um when his identity was revealed oh what the fuck but the fuck when I was cut off, right? Yep. What was Aunt May's final line when she found out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what would be dope? Like, what if, like, for, like, the, the next Spider-Man film, like, they just, like, let it go for, like, the, the last scene? Dude, I will stand up and <laughs> applaud. Like, Mommy, he said the F word. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. You're allowed one fucking a PG-13 film. Just one. Maybe two. Two's kind of pushing it. You could you could do one, but uh, but yeah, like, but yeah, that was like that 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 opens a whole other can of worms too. Like especially everything like we talked about, like him controlling Stark Industries. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that Peter Parker's in control of like the world's biggest like arsenal? What the hell? And that's gonna tie into like people hating him. Yeah, even more. And then that could turns everybody and turns Spider Man into the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And make the Sinister Six. Ah, good guy. Since they hinted at them in the first in Homecoming, yeah, at least two out of the two out of the six. Yep, yeah, because we had we had Vulture, who's thankfully still alive. Yeah, and Quentin Beck, well, he got shot. Um, yeah. um also oh, no three. Then that means three. Then three. Yeah. So let's see, Vulture. Vulture. Yeah, Vol- Mysterio. Vulture Mysterio, yep. And Scorpio. Scorpio. And oh, Scorpio. Yeah. He was in Homecoming, right? Like a- yeah, at the end, in jail. And then they showed oh, and they showed a little hint that he had a Scorpion tattoo on his neck. Oh, that's right. Yep, there's three of them. Yep. So we need uh, Doc Ock. Um, Lizard? Was Lizard part of the Sinister Six? I think here and there. Mr. Negative was one. I think it all depends on the story. Yeah. Like which story arc are you are? I think there were very different variations of the Sinister Six. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and also too, like uh, uh, getting getting back to another element. I did like Zendaya as MJ. I liked her kind of. She was fun. She was a fun. She was fun to watch. Yeah, I like and her. I like her version of MJ, just completely deadpan and just has like mm. a dark sense of humor. Yeah, that that was great. I'm like, you know what? I like it. Yeah, I, I have fun with that. And then I saw a meme that says pretty. It's pretty safe to say that the MCU Peter Parker has a type. He does, like uh, <laughs> like uh, Adrian Toomes' daughter. Yeah, 
Hey, you know, ain't nothing, no, he has a type. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, Zendaya, actually, uh, Zendaya's MJ, she actually deduces Peter Parker's identity. And she said that she was 67% certain. Yeah, and then she was like, are you sure? I'm 67% sure. And then he downplayed it. She goes, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, fine. Okay, I am Spider-Man. And then she was right. I'm like, yeah. ain't this a bitch. Yeah, she figured it out back in Washington in the first film. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised on that one, though. Because remember, MJ, Mary Jane always knew who Peter Parker was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see like how they introduce the other uh, Spider-Man characters. Like, if they do bring in Kraven, or um, if they do bring out Scorpion, uh, what else? If they if they do bring in Oscorp with Norman and Harry Osborn, yeah. like, I wonder how that's going to fit, because... Like, maybe, maybe yeah. like, when Spider-Man goes off to college and become, like, friends there or something. Yeah, so how, that's what I'm thinking, too. So there probably is going to be just more than three Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah, and but but I gotta say like the of of all the live action films like my favorite is still Spider Man two, but my overall favorite Spider Man film is Into the Spider Verse. I will ha- yeah, as far as that because I was thinking about that too, and I'm just like you know what, as much as I love two, I may have to watch it again mm-hmm. just to see how it, it how well it aged and if it still holds up. Because I haven't watched it in probably about a good fifteen years. Wow, like how many have you seen it only once or I've seen it a couple of times, times? Yeah. but it's just back then. Yeah, I've actually got had a chance to see it recently. It still holds up. Like the visual effects, they they stack up today. In fact, you know, Spider Man Two actually won the Oscar for best visual effects. Fuck you, John Apollo. <laughs> yeah, for Doc Ock's arms, like it was, it was pretty dope. Still holds up to this yeah, day. Yeah, that was harsh. Okay, suck it, John Upon it. That's better. <laughs> Yeah, and Spider Man Three that doesn't that doesn't it what no. that doesn't what movie it. yeah exactly that doesn't exist yeah there was Amazing Spider Man Part One which was all right two was entertaining I was I was entertained by two two I saw like parts of Part Two but I was like oh, man. I, I was entertained by it I mean it's not, I'm not gonna put it as like oh my god it's the most greatest the greatest Spider Man film I I, I had fun watching it I enjoyed it yeah yeah I mean I did like Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker I had no problem with it yeah he did a good job. Yeah, but man, like, uh, the Spider-Verse is, like, the best Spider-Man film overall, and whatever they do, whatever they do with part two, uh, that's going to be... If part I don't two, think they need to make a part two. They really don't, but you know that they are making a sequel, yeah. so if they bring, out, bring back more Spider-Gwen, and um, if they maybe bring out some other Spider-Men that we haven't seen, like Spider-UK, perhaps. Yeah, then 2099, since they dropped a hint on us, and, like... Yep. Him getting into that meme argument with the old Spidey oh from the sixties, <laughs> um, but yeah, that'd be dope. But but yeah, man. Overall, like Spider-Man: Far From Home, man. Marvel and Sony, they're doing a good job, and um, I still I still should see Venom. You know, actually, John Haponic actually recommends that I see Venom. He actually enjoyed it. Venom was fun. It was fun. I mean, I have my beefs with it because there's so many things. I'm like, yeah, it's not like in the comics and all that. But it was a fun watch. Mm. Yeah, I wish I, w- I wish they would release the rated R version too. That's what they need to do. Yeah, because because I really like Tom Hardy and I heard he did a good job. He did, he did for what he had. The, he did very good. Mm. Just like it just shouldn't have been a but it shouldn't have been a buddy comedy. Yeah, it, it should have been what we really wanted. And then the post credit scene. Oh, okay. As a post credit scene in Venom. Yeah. Okay. Is it worth it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm have to look, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Definitely but, do. Um. So should I at least should I get into the rest of these Easter eggs? Yes. All right. So back then we're gonna go back to the documentaries. Now when Peter scrolls through the movies about aboard the plane, one quick thing about that plane scene that had me dying. Yeah. When the te- when his teacher I, I I don't know his name, but I call him Box of Frogs because that was a nickname that he had in that show The League. Okay. But he was like you know. My wife pretended to be blipped, but it turns out that she <laughs> left me for his, for her like tennis instructor. Wow. We did a funeral for her and everything, and I'm like, that if that ain't the most slickest shit, I be my girl, we freaking di- yeah. died that at that cool. scene. But in that scene, mm-hmm. Peter find Peter is scrolling through documentaries. One was about the life, you know, the life of Tony Stark, and of course he didn't want to watch that because it was too, you know, hit too cool. He's still grieving. Yeah. Another one was actually called Finding Wakanda. Mm. Yeah. And then there was another one simply titled Nova. I saw that one. Yeah, hinting at the the Nova Corps or Nova himself, who should be due into the uh, MCU very soon, mm-hmm. possibly played by. Keanu Reeves? I don't know. Kevin Feige's trying to get Keanu Reeves because yeah, in the MCU because everybody loves him again. Oh yeah, after John Wick Chapter Three and uh, Cyberpunk and the upcoming Bill and Ted next year. Oh, I'm I'm gonna pay good money to see that. (laughs) Oh, I'm so nervous about that. I would I would have to see parts one and two again. Oh yeah. Okay, so the next one is Peter's birthday. Mm-hmm. I P- Peter's passport is shown and de- and it um indicates that his birthday is August 10th. Mm-hmm. In the comics, Peter's birthday is October 14th. August 10th is actually the date that Amazing Sp- Amazing Fantasy 15 was released. Yep. Amazing Fantasy 15 was the yep. debut of Spider-Man. Yep. All right. So my next one, ACDC. Okay, so ACD is being played when Peter Parker, when Peter is constructing his new suit on the plane, and Happy put, puts it on for him. Mm-hmm. And Peter mistakenly, mistakenly goes, "I love Ned Zeppelin," which is a callback to the first Iron Man. Oh yeah, Iron Man film. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the selfie. Now, at the end of the movie, Peter, when Peter is swinging through New York City to meet up with MJ, he takes a selfie on his phone. Mm-hmm. This is actually a reference to the uh, Spider-Man PS4 game, Photo Mode. Oh. And nice. he's actually doing the same pose that he does when you do take a selfie in the game. Nice. All right. The next one. What's next? Now, in that same scene, he goes by a billboard, and you see it, and it has the message, one, for um, forward arrow, mm-hmm. two, Forward arrow, three forward arrow, question mark. We can't wait to show you what comes next. Mm-hmm. Basically, the MCU saying, we can't wait to show you what comes next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next one is BFP. Now, mm-hmm. I know you noticed this one. Okay, when Peter is packing up, if you notice how his suitcase has the initials BFP oh, okay. engraved on it, which stands for... Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin Parker. Parker. Uncle Ben. Yep. Okay. Then here's a fun one. Ned and Betty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably relationship goes at its finest, apparently. <laughs> yeah. 
But Ned and Betty Brant was actually married to Ned Leeds, who's, who actually later becomes the future Hobgoblin. Although this version of Ned is actually more based on uh, Miles Morales' best friend. Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. Let me check mark this on the next page. All right. The next one, the Black Dahlias. Now, Peter's main objection was to give MJ a glass Black Dahlia and to profess uh, his feelings for him, mm-hmm. for her, excuse me. And she had mentioned that she had she had a heavy interest in the Black Dahlia murders. Mm-hmm. Also, in the comics, that there was a girl gang called the Black Dahlias who protected women on the street. Oh. Hmm. All right. Next one. Okay. Crusher Hogan. Mm-hmm. Now, back to the beginning of the movie when Happy delivers a check at the uh, charity event. Yep. When he's delivering the check backstage, if you look back, you actually see a vintage poster that had the name Joseph Crusher Hogan, which was the wrestler that Spidey that Spidey took on when he first got his powers in the comic. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you want to go back to the Sam Raimi yeah. films, he had Bonesaw. Yeah. is ready. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Macho Man. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> and then the last one... Which is uh, the Battle of New York. So back to the end of the, the, end of the movie. Mm-hmm. When Peter is swinging at the end, he swings by Grand Central Station. There, this is actually a quick flash. So I don't know how, how Top Ten Nerd got it. Mm. There you actually see a statue of the original Avengers in their circular formation from the first film. Mm. Okay. Yep, I did notice that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, like that, that same bridge that are, or street. Yeah, I want to say it was like in the top. It looks like in the top of a building. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh, it's the same place. Man, he must have a good ass eye. Yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's it on my end. But yeah, definitely go see uh, Spider Man. Yeah. But while I'm at it, now I had mentioned how you had took a shot at the Beehive. Yep. Buzz, buzz. So we had some responses on it. Okay. Okay, the first one. This is on Instagram. Yeah. At least 5544 just had mm-hmm. all Bs, but all B emojis. All B. Just a shit ton of B emojis. Oh, buzz, buzz, buzz. I'm stinging you. <laughs> all right. Inked underscore Melance. Mm-hmm. She directs it towards me because I tagged her. Mm-hmm. No, Beyonce is not good. She is amazing. You may not like her, but you will respect her. Two B emojis. And this is me being nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um Ray Felicia eight sixteen says the disrespect though. Is it though? I said she was good. Okay, I, I will say this though. Beyonce's best movie that she's ever done in her whole career, because she's such a phenomenal actress, was Carmen, a hip hopper. <laughs> you didn't like um Dream Girls? Oh Dream Girls I love Dream Girls. Dream Girls is an amazing film. Which I which I love because it's a it's an ensemble cast. Like right. Jennifer Hudson deserved her Oscar. Eddie Murphy, oh my god, Eddie Murphy James Thunder Early. Yes, Eddie Murphy should have gotten that Oscar, but if it wasn't for Norbit. <laughs> if it wasn't for Norbit, 
He would have got that out. Eddie's got to Eddie got to stay true to his audience. And you got one more from Asia B. Like, mm-hmm. why are you hiding though? I'm the president of the I'm the president of the New England chapter of the Beehive, and you best believe you best believe it all caps. Your ass will f around and get stung out here in these streets. Keep bumping them gums if you want to, Vic. Don't make me have to call a meeting. Three B emojis, three black fists. Wow, wow. The uh, I'm 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 so scared of the Beehive. I should I should I should cower underneath my covers. Don't you fuck around and get this damn podcast <laughs> shut down. I mean, I mean, oh, look, oh, look, we're the beehive. Buzz, buzz, buzz. We're stinging you. We're stinging. We're going we're to throw a jar of honey at your head because we're bees. Get it? Buzz, buzz. <laughs> that is all you. I'm not saying nothing. All I got to say is, like I said, you know, Beyonce, is she talented? Yes, she is. Has she done good movies in the past? Yes, she has. Dreamgirls, in all seriousness, Dreamgirls is her best film. I love Dreamgirls since I'm a fan of musicals. I can't believe it's been 13 years since since Dreamgirls came out. It came oh, out in 06. Damn. See that movie if you haven't, because it's a great film. Um, Cadillac, Cadillac Records, she was good as Etta, Etta James. And she was also cool in uh, Austin Powers Goldmember back in 99, 2001. Oh, yeah, she. Oh, what was that? Obsessed. Obsessed with Idris Elba. I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yeah, I heard that's like a guilty pleasure movie. Date night movie. Date night. Yeah. 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 So you know, like, and, and I will say that I have listened to Lemonade. I listened to that whole album. The album has has great production. I will give you that. Like her production is on point. Her her as a as a lyricist i mean she has a whole army of writers so can you really say beyonce deserves a pulitzer prize like say kendrick lamar who actually writes his own stuff no beyonce will never ever in this lifetime or the next get a pulitzer prize for songwriting because she doesn't write her own stuff it took it took literally five writers to write this to write this amazing mind-blowing lyric girls who run the world girls who run this mother girls five writers it took to come up with that whole course and you want to tell me that beyonce deserves prizes and praise for songwriting y'all must be out your goddamn minds listen let me tell you something right now leave them alone i feel like stephen a smith with the snapchat baby filter right now y'all y'all don't hear me today beyonce is good but good is all all she will ever be okay i can name 10 singers who are far better than the so-called queen b let's talk about janelle monet let's talk about alicia keys let's talk about uh, uh lady gaga i pretty i'm pretty sure i pissed a lot of i pissed a lot of a beehive fans by mentioning her name Let's talk about, oh, what's the difference between Lady Gaga and Beyonce? Oh, yes, one Academy Award. Yeah, that's right, one Academy Award. A Star is Born, one of the best movies of 2018. Can Beyonce pull off that kind of role? No, she can't. <laughs> you really hit me with the bat. <laughs> I, I, I hit it with the baby filter. You hit me, oh, my God. You hit me with, you oh, hit I'm saving. Y'all may want to have to see, y'all may want to see this. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Don't you get mad. I'm saving it. Sorry. I, I, I'm going to see that afterwards. I'm going to see that afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's but, funny. It, yeah. that's, those baby filters are the best when you when people are going on rants. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
And, 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 Gabe, and Gabe is with me. He's saying it's a solidarity. He says, don't hit them with the facts. Don't hit them with the facts. People don't want to believe it. <laughs> That's right. Shout out to Gabe Jackson. That's right. You ready man. for question of the week? I'm ready for question of the okay, week. Okay, it's been a long time since we had a question of the week. And I, I'm going I'm to take it to the video game realm with this one. What was your favorite year in gaming? Ooh. Yep. I had this one holding out for three. I was holding out this one for three weeks. Favorite year in Favorite gaming. Favorite year in gaming. This is an excellent question. I like this. I like this. Oh, man. There's so many good candidates uh, for, for game of the year or for, for a be- great year in gaming or best year in gaming. Um, doesn't have to be the best year in gaming. Just your favorite. Your My favorite? Yeah. Um, if I had to go with a favorite... I would go with 2001 because 2001 was the American debut of the PlayStation 2. Correct. Uh, we, yep. In that same year, we had Final Fantasy X, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. We had um, Grand Theft Auto 3, which revolutionized <laughs> the, game for, the game industry forever. Uh, we had Onimusha Warlords. We had Silent Hill 2. Um, I think we had the GameCube, or I think, it, or did it come out in two thousand two? Um, we had Jack and Daxter, we had yeah. Eco. Man, two thousand one was a dope ass year for the PS two, and that was its first year, its rookie year. Yeah, we had all those games like come out, boom. We had also oh Red Faction for the PS two. Damn, oh two thousand one, man, like. You were just dripping in gaming gold like that year, especially if you were a Sony head. Forget it, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go more recently, more recent, and I'm gonna have to go with 2018. Mm. 2018 was fun for me. I think that was probably the one year I spent the most money on video games. When you had, um, let me see, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yep. God of War. Yep. Um. Uh, Spider Man. Yes. Red Dead Redemption. Yep. Part two. Uh, oh, Detroit become Detroit human. become human. Yep. Shit. Oh man. Uh, wasn't I, it? No, it wasn't Injustice Two. I think. Or was that twenty seventeen? That was twenty seventeen. Yeah. Oh, Mortal Kombat. No, that came out this year. Yeah, Damn. that was this year. Oh uh, man. Damn, just just those five games Damn, alone. Oh, yeah, just those five alone was just like Sony was at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, not just gaming was at it. That was a very last this past year, twenty eighteen was a very good year in gaming. Oh yeah, without question, man. Like God of War, it gave us the greatest catchphrase of the year. Boy, boy. <laughs> read it, boy. <laughs> man. Ah. That was the game. God of War was my game of the year, but man, Spider Man. I, had to, so I close. had to give it to Spider Man. I I beat Spider Man again. It had that game has replay value. It does, and I enjoy, I want to play it again. Hey man. Well, I, I just I started the Devil the Devil May Cry. Uh, no, wasn't Devil May Cry? No, Devil May Cry was this year. Yeah, March. part five. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You have the uh, HD collection. Yeah. Yeah. Was that for the PS4? Yeah. Okay. Only twenty bucks. Nice. I might get that, actually. Because I I played the first one, and I beat that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah. 
That will be up on our social medias within a day or two. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in on my watch party on the uh, general feed on the general live feed. Um, you can catch us everywhere. Obviously, Facebook, YouTube, um, iTunes. Please send us a five star review. SoundCloud. Uh, we're on social media as well, Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Yep. And you want to make this little announcement? Yes, uh, very soon, Codex Prime will make its debut on Spotify. That's right. Yeah, so we got another platform where we made it to Spotify. We on our way. Yeah, man. We started from the bottom. Now we here. <laughs> we got a lot more to go. Yes, a lot more to go, a lot more in the tank. You know, uh, we thank you so much for watching and listening and following us, supporting us. Yes, uh, tune in next week where we're going to have local artists and local and uh, MMA fighter, uh, Allison Blackwell on the show too Very terrific artist And uh, actually a supporter Of the pineapple pizza regime So you know Although It has come to our attention That we have to join forces And stop another evil What's that? Pea and mayonnaise pizza No What? Kyle brought this to our attention On our Codex UWO chat Oh and another thing too Speaking of the other podcasts, I was recently on an episode of Wrestling is Trash, hosted by B Rob of the uh, Wrestling uh, of the um, Random Rambles with Rob uh, show, along yep. with four other, uh, along with three other guests. So it was five people yep. just talking wrestling. Yeah, yeah it I was call, a great call, time. Yeah. So um, to be shout out. That's on iTunes. That's available now. So make sure you guys give a listen. Shout outs to uh, the, shout outs to B Rob, yep. King Ajar, Anomaly, local hip hop artist in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and um, Nick Anicelli. We're on. A, we're all on a, on a chat now. And uh, oh, and main event swerve. Mike is on there too. So was on that episode too. So big shout outs to them. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's what's up. We keeping busy. We busy now. Yeah, we're keeping busy, man. We got more episodes coming at you next week. Um, also, uh, the week after, we got another cool episode topic that you we might think you think y'all y'all will enjoy. Uh, we got more movies down the tank. Also, like I said before, like I said at the beginning of the of the program, take the Ari Aster challenge. <laughs> we'll put another vi- we'll put another video post that because I'm gonna need yes. the movie posters and all that. So yeah, we'll we'll put that up. Oh yeah. So, yeah, as always, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, Beehive, come at me. Y'all ain't going to do nothing. As always, we're going to catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.